Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 92.9thegame, 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning, the 18th day of February. Pitchers and catchers, Sam, are in camp. Uh, are you, are you, did you want to sing with Harry there a little bit? Yeah, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I actually got a chance to see him do that here in Atlanta. Oh, with, with Skip on with Skip on the <clears throat> excuse me, Skip and Chip on the other side. With them on the other side, but it was like the year that Ernie Johnson was stepping down from being full time with the team. You know, ah, got gotcha. you. Okay. And, and so for Ernie Johnson Senior, Harry Carey saying at the seventh inning stretch, he's saying, gotcha. take me out to the ball game." Okay. You know. Um, we lost Harry on this day. Yeah. 1998. Yeah. So that's why I played a little tribute to him. Yeah. I remember you know, do being it. in the booth with him. He was very, very kind to let us come in the booth and, and then shoot All him kinds work. of stuff on the floor around his feet. Yeah, man. I, every time I saw him, I mean, yeah. he had all kinds. Hey, there's the kid out there on the left. He's wearing a. And then they. Somebody give him another piece of paper. Yeah. Hey, you know. They're here from Joliet. Exactly. <laughs> that kid caught that ball from Macon. Yeah. And they throw it on the floor. And- Calumet to whatever. He just oh, Calumet City, man. Oh, now, yeah, I've been to Calumet City. But I'm just saying he yeah. have a note from somebody. He just throw it on a bed. Big, big wads of paper around his face. This is the great Harry Carey. This is how this man works. He's a legend. <laughs> yeah. That's how he worked, man. You know, hey. Um, Today would have been Bobby Taylor's birthday. Bobby Taylor holds a place in American history. You can't tell American history without the inclusion of Bobby Taylor and by extension, the Vancouver's. Do you know who Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's are? Does that name sound familiar? They're to you? At, they were under a different name though, right? No, no, this is them. This is them. Noel, you need to listen to this too, because it is, is I bring this full circle. Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's were at one point a trio, but they were a band, an R&B band, outside of Detroit in the 60s. Because mm-hmm. they were from Canada, right? From Canada, but they, they, they were playing in the, in the round Detroit era. They you know, had little side jobs with the, with the car industry and things like that. But anyway, um, they, that band, and Bobby Taylor are the ones who discovered the Jackson 5. Yep. Mm-hmm. And brought them to Barry Gordy. Okay. Barry Gordy decided, well, nobody heard of uh, Bobby Taylor, so we're going to pretend that Diana Diane Ross, Ross found, him, yep. found him. That's the story we're going to tell Ed Sullivan in the rest of the world. But everybody found out that it was Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's. That's not even the payoff. Do you know what the payoff is? Is Bobby Taylor's guitar player, who was there 
and who loves telling the story of discovering the Jackson 5. None other than Tommy Chong, as in Cheech and Chong. Are you serious? Tommy Chong was Bobby Taylor's guitar player. This is before Sister Mary Ellen. This is long before all that. This is, is long. Before? This is the mid '60s, man. This, this is what year was Sister Mary Elephant? Well, that was like '70s when okay. he when he, <laughs> when he teamed up with Cheech, with Cheech Baron. But Class. yes, you know him from Cheech Class. and Chong. But Tommy Chong Class. is a musician, and if you. <laughs> If you watch some of his movies, you know he picks up a guitar every once in a while. He yeah. starts jamming. Yeah, yeah, he man. Was, he was his he was his guitar player. Okay, so he was there the night that they saw, and the thing was Joe Jackson brought the kids around because I guess they all worked together. You know, Ford plant or GM plant or whatever. But he got his his five kids together and cousins who played the instruments, gave him a chance at this club, open mic night or whatever. But Bobby Taylor knew Barry Gordy, and okay. knew he was looking for acts. Yep. Brought him to him. So there you go. You're insignificant. More insignificant information for the day, but that's a pretty good one. Uh, Tim Scarborough is going to join us next, looking to talk some college basketball. I need to find out who I need to worry about other than UConn. So we're going to talk to him, get an update on what's going on here locally. But um, want to take some time and talk about what's going on down there. You obviously didn't phone ahead and, and make sure the weather was good down there in Daytona. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, and we talked with Adam Alexander yesterday, and he, you know, he kind of alluded to that how. You know the the uh, you know the fluid fluid situation. Um, trying to see if they can get everything done, hopefully, and not have to stay until Monday. We know now the Xfinity series is going to be running on on the tomorrow uh, tomorrow morning. They got to run that race. Hopefully, the hope is that this Cup race will be able to uh, to get in today. And I'm looking at the radar and the rain back behind it. It seemed like it's, it's starting to uh, starting to break up some, but we, we, we'll see. We'll see. But it's still covering the uh, the uh, Orlando area. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, they have lights there at Daytona, so if they say we're going to drop the flag around 5 o'clock, <laughs> 6 o'clock, they, they can do it. They would rather do that, um, you know, right. to, keep, to keep the Cup Series cars on schedule so they can make all their plans to come uh, and race here uh, in, in Atlanta next week. So that's the thing. And, you know, we hope to hear from Brandon Hutchinson tomorrow morning. If we you will. Wish, if you wake up with us on your on your uh, holiday Monday. President. They ain't, ain't nobody listening now. You know, we're hoping that they, you know, catch yeah. somebody's driving through town. Okay, okay. Well, coming up and down the connector. Well, you you can't you, you can move on the connector like that today. Don't yeah. don't don't try that during the week. No, please you, you, don't. You can walk faster than you can drive on the connector. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you might get you know, plus you might hit a cow. You know what I mean? But um, that thing just moves slow, just creeps. Depends on whichever direction you're going in. But that's what we're watching for uh, as far as NASCAR today. Hopefully, they get the race in. Hopefully they get a chance to uh, to get things off and everybody get to enjoy the first uh, cup race of the season. The what first kind one of owner? What kind? I'm sorry. Hmm? What kind of owner do you think Jordan's going to be now that he doesn't have basketball duties on his plate? In other words, you heard the stories about him as a basketball owner, owner, and I don't mean you know decisions as far as who bringing on team and all. I mean getting down in the practices, going down there and just being Michael Jordan, getting yeah. in their face. Now I realize that's his sport, but. He's as competitive as there is, you know, there's no one more competitive than him if you listen to the people that have ever met him or been around him. And so I would think that that wouldn't go away even though he doesn't have basketball on his plate right now. Yeah. Oh, no, whatever it is, he wants whatever he puts his brand on. So, he wants to do well. This is, so, all, this is all about his brand. I understand that. Okay. So my, my question is, do you think he – I think that when he walks into a room, he puts pressure on people. Yeah, he ain't even got to open his mouth. 
Yep. He just, oh man, Mike's here for this. Like, like when Red Auerbeck used to show up at practices, yep. there were certain people, Bobby Knight, when they would show up at practices or show up places, just their aura. And, and again, that's positive and negative. Well, he gets to enter just like any other car owner when he comes to the track. He walks up to his pit and he gets up there on the tower, you know, in pits and he's where he can observe both his teams. Tyler Reddick, he has to be very pleased with. He brought him in. We mentioned how, how he was going to put some pressure on Bubba Wallace. And That's the team. what I'm saying. And, really, and, and he is doing that. He won one of the dual races Thursday night, Tyler Reddick did. Uh, we talked yesterday with Adam Alexander about the Toyotas and how they didn't qualify well in the qualifying runs, but how in the racing environment, in the drafting environment, those cars do very, very well. Michael Jordan knows that his drivers have what they need to succeed. But have not and, Provided the success he thought they should have, they both made the playoffs last year. They both they both made the playoffs. I, I know I know he wants to win races, right? I know, he, but, he, but but I mean, he, they in not winning races, they did well enough to get into the playoff. If you get into the playoff and work things well, you get a chance to compete for for champ for for championship. That's something else that's out there for him. So I mean, that's the other part of it. It's not it's not completely like basketball with NASCAR. It's a it's a, it's a different type thing, but he's seeing the progress. This is the year, I would think, third year in with this partnership with he and he and Denny Hamlin. And let's and let's give the credit also. If you I was just going to say that Denny Hamlin is important here because somebody got to teach this dude patience. Well, Denny Hamlin, but also I'm talking about the inner workings of that car. There's an awful lot of Joe Gibbs team that's inside mm-hmm. under the hood of this car, okay? Because that's who Hamlin is driving for. So I mean that some of that technology is under there. Let's think about that. The combination of Joe Gibbs and Michael Jordan, that's a whole, whole lot of winning and, and expectation. And, you know, you, you allow yourself to think about that for a minute. The combination well, actually, I was going to bring Joe Gibbs up as an example as to both owners, okay? But we all know, I don't care what sport we're talking about, those of us who've ever turned on a sporting event in this country know what kind of competitor Michael Jordan is. So if you're a NASCAR driver and he buys your team, you know what competitive – what kind of competitive person owns this team? We know Joe Gibbs wants to win, but Joe Gibbs don't walk into the room <laughs> looking at people like, oh, this dude's looking at me like he knows I want, I need to win. I don't think he comes in with that. Again, a different approach. I don't think Childress uh, and, and, and what's going on, I, don't, I take that back. Is it Jeff Gordon right now running what, the day-to-day what, operations what, 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 of? For Hendrick. For Hendrick, okay. I don't think Jeff Gordon goes in there. In other words, I just think there's a there's there's certain people that when they walk into a room, heightened expectations follow them, and fair or not fair, you know what their feelings are because they wear it on their sleeves. And he don't have a problem telling people in interviews when he does them. Listen, I just want to win more. I just want to win more. Well, that's the way he came in. He came in yeah. like you know, like we're gonna go out and we're gonna win every week, and he's found out that it's not that simple and that easy. Yeah. Um, but but he's found to, to me. I think he's seen things improve, and this year there's a level of expectation. I mean, he's coming over from another sport, as we've seen it green light for other athletes from other sports to come and get involved, like Floyd Mayweather. You know, hey, how's Pitbull doing, by the way? Pitbull <laughs> is supposed to be a part of the opening ceremony today. Is he really? With, now with, I'd with, watch with, that with the command to start the engines is DJ Khaled uh, today. So all that's supposed he might to can be. do it out. I want to see Pitbull in, in his array of his show. Yeah, I mean, if he's doing doing the show, I forget what he's doing. But Even he's, if he's a song, but, but, he's, but he's part. He's he's part of the opening today. Whenever the rain stops, that's true. Um, you know, but he is supposed to be a part of the opening ceremony today. He does one uh, song. It's a show. Oh yeah, that's Pitbull. Yeah, you know. I can't understand nothing come out of his mouth. It's a show though. 
Oh yeah, man. He's, <laughs> just, he's, Mr., he's Mr. Worldwide. I love his team. His, his, his teams are doing very well though, and that's the other thing about it. So <laughs> watch for that. All right. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. This is one of those, you know, you asked me about wanting to go up to, to Indianapolis yesterday, and no, I, this is an all-star game, especially the, with the pomp and circumstance that we saw with the uh, Super Bowl. This just paled in comparison, and unfortunately, all the stuff that you normally see in the periphery of what's going on with Daytona 500 is not going to be there because of the bad weather. And it's it'll still be a nice because TV that's show. The thing, that's the thing. It, but, it's... This is NASCAR Super Bowl. Exactly. They start their season off. People will say they started out backwards because because they, they the biggest event is the thing that starts the season. Well, how, how does the chase take any of that shine off? Come, I mean, I realize it's an exhibition, but because it's California, it's the, it's the uniqueness nah, of racing in the nah, Coliseum. That, that, it's a totally different thing because for years they did the chase right there. It was right there at Daytona as well. They would that's where the chase would would, would happen. Yeah, but it so wasn't the Coliseum. Would, well, no, a, no, but I'm just saying it was always in the same location. It was, it was, it was in. You know, everybody was there. You raced a different car for the for for the for the you know for the clash, but then you you know you everybody was there working. It wasn't like you had to go to the other side of the country uh, to drive a car that you might not drive again until you get to Martinsville. You know, right. until you get something that's short and flat. Um, so that's you're still talking about racing, right? Yeah. Okay. Got you it. know, so that's the thing. I mean, but but. We wondered how, how that race out in California was going to go with the temporary track inside the stadium. It's caught on. And for the foreseeable future, you know, it, it, it's going to be there. It's brought in, you know, new people under the tent, some people who hadn't been to NASCAR before. That's the thing that happens with that. And I'm sure they're looking for other opportunities. Chicago is one of those opportunities. You don't have to come way out here in another place for track. We're going right. to bring the, the cars and put them right here in front of you. You know, you come and enjoy it. The other thing is, Sam, we don't have the breaks that we used to. In other words, one ended, you had a week, even a week or so off. But because of the NFL going longer, things having to start sooner, we literally are trying to have to choose Super Bowl. As you go into Super Bowl weekend, you got college basketball going on and people are positioning themselves for the tournament. You got NASCAR going on. Uh, you and got you get, hockey going on. You had golf out yeah, in Phoenix with Tiger people was behaving, playing. behaving badly last week. I yeah. Think. Yeah, so it's just a lot of stuff happening here in February when it was just Super Bowl ended. Actually, Super Bowl ended in January. Everybody just getting ready for, you know, Daytona 500. And once that ran, then we start seeing who's going to be part of the 64 teams for the tournament. Them days are gone. That's it. Damn days are gone. It's Sam and Greg coming up next. Tim Scarborough. We're going to talk some college basketball with him up next. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. Keep on learning. Yeah. day of February. Soldier. Uh, we have a very special guest on here. We are, we're going to make sure that we, we're good to go with, uh, with, with Mr. Scar, Mr. Scarborough. Yeah, would you would you do the honors? There, absolutely, absolutely, man. It's time to talk college basketball. You mentioned in the last break, this is something we turn our attention to. Once the Super Bowl is done, we try to get caught up. We got a few weeks to get caught up on who the teams are, who the personalities are before March Madness starts. That's what this time is all about, and they got to help us do that right now. It's and Tim. I got questions. All right, this is Tim Scarborough joining us. Tim, welcome back to the show, Morning, man. Tim. Tim and Greg, what's up, fellas? How you guys doing? We are we are doing fine. You know what I just realized? I, and this got nothing to do with Tim. I forgot to do my city at top of the hour. 
I, I scream at the top of the hour, Tim, and, and, and we welcome a city to our show here, and I forgot to do it. I just realized it because I was looking at some notes I have for you, and, and this just popped into my head, but I'll just keep talking and ask the question that I wanted to ask you. Uh, listen, who is, is, is this tournament that's uh, right around the corner, UConn's to lose, or do you see somebody out there giving them a run for their money this year? It, you know, it's funny because whenever I get asked a question, unless it's Tiger Woods, and they say somebody in the field, I'm always picking the field. Okay. Because it's just the odds, right? And and then you think, you know, especially a team like UConn who has just won it, it's hard to get the kids motivated or anybody. It's hard to repeat. It's certainly hard to repeat. But, um, yeah, I, I got, I'm kind of leaning towards UConn this year. Um, they're very <laughs> dominant on the floor, man. I mean, they beat Marquette by 20-something points yesterday, and Marquette is one of the best teams in the country. And, and they just manhandle people. They, they have a lot of size. Uh, Daddy Hurley, a guy I know pretty well, uh, when he was coaching at Rhode Island, just an intense, intense coach. And, and normally guys like that at, in this day and age aren't successful because kids don't respond to it. You know, back when we were all young and the Bobby Knights of this world, and, you know, I was just kind of normal for coaches to yell at you all the time. Right. But now, you know, you got to kind of blow warm and fuzzies on these kids if you want them to do something. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. it's working for Dan Hurley. That guy is really getting it done. He's lost, he lost what, five starters from last year's championship. But with this transfer portal, you just you just rebuild, man. You just go back and, and reload. and He's getting it done. UConn is the team to beat in my mind. And if they repeat, it'll be the first time since Florida did it in 06 and 07. Can I ask you again, Tim Scarborough, uh, college basketball analyst, joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929thegame929thegame.com. When you sat there and talked about Dan Hurley, and that you know him a little bit, so which is why I want to ask you this question. We all have seen the success of the Harbaugh brothers. We know about the Manning brothers. We don't know a lot, of, other than the people who watch college basketball or basketball alone, about the Hurley brothers. We know about yeah. Bobby. We know about his success. My question is about their dad. Dad. Well, that. Too, but we, yeah. most of us know Bobby, yeah. right? But we know the yeah. old man played. But my question is: Do you think? Do you think the success that Dan has been having is because he was in the shadow of his brother? We've heard Jim Harbaugh talk about that with his brother. We've heard Eli say that about his brother. Is yeah. there a little bit of that in play here? Oh, it has to be. Um, and and those guys have always competed against each other growing up. And, uh, you know, Dan certainly played in Bobby's shadows. If you go back to when Bobby Hurley was a star at Duke, speaking of repeating, Duke, that Duke team did it. And they were the only team to do it after, since 1975. That 91-92 Duke team did it, um, and with, led by Bobby Hurley, with uh, Grant Hill, of course, that, that kind of put them over the top, Christian Leitner, that group. Uh, Dan Hurley ended up playing at Seton Hall. Who was kind of playing on a national, you know, national spotlight? They're in they were in that regional just, together. They're in that regional in Philadelphia. Everybody exactly. talks about the regional they, in Philadelphia where Leitner hits the shot, beat Kentucky. Right. Seton Hall was one of the other teams there, but yeah, all but Seton all the attention. Was, yeah, remember that? Just prior, Seton Hall had been the national championship versus Michigan, so mm-hmm. that was a prominent program too. But but Dan was still in Bobby's shadows. Uh, he was the little brother. Right. He was you know, and, and every time he did something. They, they, they said, you know, talked about his brother. I remember when I was uh, uh, an analyst at Liberty and Seth Curry went to Liberty for his freshman year. And, you know, Steph was still in college at Davidson doing unbelievable things. And as an analyst, you know, I never wanted to be a homer. So I always approached the game from a national perspective. And I, so I talked about 
all of college basketball when I did Liberty games. So naturally, I talked about uh, Steph Curry and the things he you know, had done the night before or the week before. And um, I remember being pulled to the side, and this is not a lot of public information, so I'm, giving, I'm breaking a scoop here from okay. Sam on right. Sam and Greg's show. All right, now. So Sonia Curry asked me to not talk about Steph uh, on the air because of the uh, the rivalry, because of the pressure. And remember, you know, Steph, Seth was only 17, 18 years old at the time. So that was a lot of pressure. I get it. But, you know, Seth lived up to it. He was the leading scorer in the country for freshmen, and he only played that one year before transferring to, yet again, Duke. We talk about Duke for the third time, right? But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I said all that to say that, yes, the sibling rivalries, the pressure, and when the older brother is, is really, really, really good at something, it, it can either make you shrink or make you grow. And for Dan Hurley, it, it made him more competitive, and, it, and it, it, it turned, he didn't become a pro basketball player. But, man, is he a really, really good basketball coach. Did a great job at Rhode Island. And now that he's got that UConn job, they should lock him in for life because, you know, UConn is a, is a hard place to, to, to follow Jim Calhoun. But, yeah. man, he's done it. He's done a great job. You know, the worst part about this is, Sam, Listen, Eli Manning got the Super Bowl rings. Uh, 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 Jim Harbaugh could get a Super Bowl. But Dan Hurley will never have one thing that Bobby will always have on him. Bobby Hurley was part of the five guys that actually the only team that beat the dream team in that that famous practice game when they put them together. You know that story, right? The famous practice game. That's an unofficial win, though, Greg. I know, I know. But you know know at the Thanksgiving table, Bobby ain't going to let him forget about that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to get brought up in the Hurley Hurley family. No doubt. Spending time on the the WaitForIt.com hotline with Tim Scarborough, basketball analyst. And he is social. You can find him on Twitter or X or whatever you're calling it these days at TimScar20 at TimScar20. All right, we're seeing these blue bloods are back up at the top of the rankings, but we know how the tournament went last year. And quite frankly, I thought it was delicious. I just totally enjoyed the tournament and seeing these teams get, get, you know, get, get knocked out by the, by the Florida Atlantics and, and whatnot. Who do you see as those teams this year? Because I think, you know, I think we're going to see more of that this year. I do too, and and it's it's here's the thing we do know it's probably going to happen again, but we what we don't know even us analysts who are immersed in it is which teams are going to be that, and I, and I say that because you know the last probably decade or so, I can't get a bracket right. I mean it is hard, um, and maybe because I know too much and I overanalyze it, but. Um, yeah, man, these, these games. Now, I covered FAU last year, so I knew what they were. I know Dusty May very well. I, had, I, I covered Conference USA for the last 10 years. And I can remember when FAU was terrible. And uh, I remember when they hired Dusty May after they fired Michael Curry, the former Detroit Pistons. Yeah. And Dusty came in, didn't have, you know, they had three people in the audience. Uh, you know, it, it was fun to go out to FAU, but nobody was at the games. But at least you were down there in the Miami area. Boca, but um, all of a sudden, man, he, you could tell that he was building something. And then this past season, they really, really – I didn't think he had a Final Four team, but I remember him telling me, um, man, we got something special here. I don't know how far we're going to go. He didn't know either, but he knew that they were going to be hard to beat come NCAA tournament. And it was interesting because you talk about the mid-majors, Sam. There's still a lot of uh, major bias 
if you will. You know, the, the bigger conferences get multiple teams. Right. But from what we've seen, there are a lot of deserving teams. And there were people thinking that if FAU didn't win Conference USA last year, that they wouldn't even get in the NCAA tournament, which I thought was a, a, a terrible, horrible joke they were trying to play because clearly that team was good. And, of course, they won Conference USA tournament and ended up getting the, the uh, automatic bid but um, and then going to the Final Four. But this year's FAU, who knows? Uh, I don't think there'll be another mid-major in the Final Four. I'll say that. But uh, there's going to be some team. I mean, you think about what Fairleigh Dickerson did last year, beating Purdue. Um, and and they, I think Purdue is one of the reasons why my, my bracket always gets broken. Because every year, <laughs> I think Purdue, Purdue or I mean, Wisconsin. Think yeah. They're number two right now. And if anybody, if you look at anybody, he's like, man, if anybody could beat uh, UConn, uh, you know, on paper for sure, Purdue. But then you think, man, Matt Painter's teams every single year they just wilt in the first round. And they were they were six, uh, number one seed, lost to a sixteen last year. So I will never ever ever go with Purdue again. So, <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> folks, spending time with Tim Scarborough talking uh, college basketball closer to home. I know I, I you know we were hanging out last year out in Kennesaw. Kennesaw State was winning the A Sun term, just an incredible run. Boy, they started off the season well. It seemed like they really hit something. They're misfiring right now. What's going on with the Owls? You know, I wish I could put my finger on it. You know, they, they've had some viral games where they finished at the end. Tyler Durden, uh, Durden uh, hitting shots and things like that. But, you know, Antoine Petway, he inherited a really good team from um, – uh, uh, who was the coach? I can't remember now. My guy. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Dude, who went to South Florida. But, Abdul Rahim. Um, uh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. Abdul Rahim. And, and uh, he heard a pretty solid team, and they had it going. But, you know, February is a time where sometimes your kids run out of gas a little early, and it depends on how much you whip it. I'm not around that program enough to know um, how hard he's pushing them. But that's, that's what it kind of looks like to me, like they're, 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 they may be running out of gas. And sometimes you got to figure those things out as a, as a coach, a young coach especially. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're talented. And, you know, I'm like, I'm looking at the A-Sun, and I thought with Liberty leaving to go to Conference USA, because those are the two top teams, and Jacksonville State, um, that, that Kennesaw will kind of bubble up and overcome and take over that conference. But, you know, Eastern Kentucky's really good. Stetson's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Offspray in North Florida. You know, K- Kennesaw is like, what, sixth or seventh, eighth in, the, in, the, in that conference. So yeah. it's kind of surprising a little bit. Uh, but – you know, they're the kind of team that you also don't want to play in a, in a postseason tournament because of their guard play. Yeah. Those guys have a, the ability to isolate and get to the rim late game. And I thought their appearance in the NCAA tournament last year um, where there was kind of a, a controversial no call kind of ruined things. And that, that was a team that I thought could go really far as well. Uh, but they got beat late uh, in, the, in that second round. So, uh, but yeah, I think they'll get it. I think they'll get it going. Remember, Kennesaw is moving to Conference USA next year, so right. they'll get you know. Rick Greg might not know this. I know Sam. You know, I played at Liberty, so yeah. um, I had a had a stake in that Kennesaw Liberty championship <laughs> last year. In fact, I called that game. Yeah, you did on radio. I don't. I don't really do radio, but. Um, not that it's anything wrong with radio, guys. I just said, he just but insulted I, me I twice. <laughs> he just insulted me twice. First, I did know you played there. And secondly, where you at right now? On the radio. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. Yikes. <laughs> I need a corner man. I just got tagged twice. Where's Angelo Dundee when you need him? 
me, Mick. <laughs> Apologies. No, hey, hey, listen. Let me jump in here because we, we're up against it, but I did have a question for you, and Sam, you can answer this too. We talked about this, Tim, during football season, but in basketball, is there a conference that has benefited during this transfer, uh, transfer portal era more than the others? You know, the changing face, changing landscape of college sports and people moving conferences. Has there been a conference that you can think about as far as basketball that has benefited with the transfer portal or not? Or is it still still too early to tell? I've not looked at it from a conference perspective, but that's interesting. I I will start. I will start trying to track that because, you know, status quo is going to change and always with anything. Um, and there'll be ebbs and flows. I, I can tell you there's a coach that got hurt by the transfer portal uh, the, and a conference. I think the Big Ten got hurt a little bit by that. Um, and, and, you know, and Juwan Howard may end up losing his job at Michigan because of the transfer portal. That's what's, that's what's and, being you said know, in my That's a too. double-edged sword because on the one hand, <clears throat> you can go shop for the groceries and pick. You can kind of customize, customize your team like never before because there's so many different types of players and great players in that portal. But at the same time, retention is important. Yeah. And the Big 12, the Big 10, I'm sorry, seems to have lost some of their star players. Uh, and, and no team got hurt more than Michigan uh, losing their big to go to Kansas. So, uh, so when, when um, the big fellow went to Kansas, and then Kansas is always great, but, you know, you get a guy like that to come to you, he's going to be even better. And, and, and Michigan has really suffered because of it. So – I'm not, I don't know if there's any one conference that has benefited. I think some of the mid-majors, uh, we just talked about FAU being good. Some of that was because of the transfer portal, able to go in there and get some really good players. Vlad Golden, a 7-1 center, that kind of guy doesn't go to a FAU out of high school. You know, They got him in the transfer portal, and he's been a real difference maker for them. So um, I, I don't know about the conferences that got hurt. I, I do know there's certainly been individual programs that have gotten hurt. But, you know, we always focus on the teams that have benefited from the from the, the portal. But I think retention is one of the hardest things to do now because you got guys who average three points a game and play 12 minutes. They go in the portal and they're asking for $100,000 in NIL money. And it's like, right. uh, yeah, this is kind of <laughs> incongruent. <laughs> well, the good news is, well, first of all, the guy you're talking about, Hunter Dickinson, is a guy who left yeah, Michigan, who I thought was like Lurch from the Adams family. He he parked himself in the middle in Michigan and slow everything down, which is probably why they got rid of him. But <laughs> such is life. That's one thing. But the other thing is, listen, if you can pay attention to this moving forward during your travels, and if you get a conference that you see is benefiting, or or, or as you said, you know maybe losing some folks, come back out here and let us know about it. The bad news is you're going to have to do radio again. Yeah, really. <laughs> see, see, I knew you would take that personally, Greg. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just want you to come back. I want you to, for now, I want you to come back and we're going to welcome you with open arms. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, no, always good to be with you fellas, man. So have a great time talking. Oh, please. please. Yeah. And, right. and you do too. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And thank you as always, though, Tim. We appreciate yeah. it. Sam, you, Sam, you got to keep Greg in line, man. He's the, a little out of control. I, impossible. <laughs> you know impossible. Man, impossible. I was, and I, see, I was about to put him in a movie, too, right? <laughs> and see, he don't know nothing about that that I do that. Tim, we will let you know how we can get you hooked up in a, in, in a film. Because they're looking for basketball coaches and analysts and all that stuff. So oh, what man. he does. Yeah. yeah, see, now he's being nice to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your favorite radio guy. <laughs> there you go, Tim Scarborough. Appreciate it, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and thank you. Thanks, man. All right, all right. Speaking of movies and all that sort of stuff, up next, got a casting call for you, and we're gonna replay.
We are going to replay our They Got Next from yesterday. If you don't know about the feature, this is an opportunity for those of you who have 13-year-olds and under in the house who want to get into this business to well, put together a one-minute, two-minute uh, sports report and give them a platform. We're going to play yesterday's contestant and let you know how you guys can participate. Coming up next. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The It is Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning. I got a computer problem here, man. Don't you hate when that happens? When you get not good. Doing not the, good. Not good. Here, so I'm going to go to the phone here and do some stuff mm. and get it that way. Anyway, right. came back with that happy 59th birthday. Happy 59th birthday, Dr. Dre. All right. Wow, West. Anyway, hey. so I threw that on there for you. I got that part down. All right, man. But every so there's millions of others, so there's nothing to it. Dre celebrates a birthday with, of all people. Speaking of the music industry, well, that's a loosely used term here, but Yoko Ono. Whoa. And how old is Yoko, if you had to guess today? Mm. If you had to guess how old Yoko Ono is, what would you say? She was older than, than Lennon, right? She was. So she's probably like 80. 91. 91? Yoko is 91 Boy, today. That, mu- that music she put together, I'm like, hey. I will tell you, though, the best thing that Yoko Ono ever did to me was the video she put together, Imagine, where they filmed themselves in 71 while they made that album, while he made that album. John Lennon made the album at, I think his place was called Tittenhurst. Like, that was his Graceland. And, you know, like Phil Spector came over and there's scenes with him hanging out with George Harrison. There's no McCartney or Ringo, but uh, during that time, him and and George hung out. But there's a... Nice little fight between him and Phil Spector. That's caught. She filmed everything. So if you if you haven't seen it and you have any kind of interest in their life, but the making of one of the greatest albums of all time is Imagine, um, she put that together. And wow. lots of video to it. So for me, that's the best thing Yoko did. And okay. again, it, she takes you from soup to nuts as far as their relation. She talks about him early on, before she was around, Cynthia Lennon, his first wife, Julian's mother, all of that. So she didn't skip much of his life before she got there. It was really thorough. Talked about how his mother got hit by a car. She died and all that. So it was it was a deep dive into John Lennon. And Yoko did a great job with that. So I ain't, I ain't got nothing bad to say about her as far as when it comes to that. Having said that, let's switch to jobs in the film industry. Why don't we? I uh, put together a uh, the latest casting call is up in uh, – not, let's see, 929thegame.com slash casting call. It's also up on X at Get Cast with Greg on Twitter. And the main one this week, this is kind of a slow weekend, holiday weekend. Um, and it's just been a weird reentry for the industry. It, it, that's about the best word I can use. And You mean it's not what you were expecting? It, it's not. Well, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I've never been a part of something like this. The size of it in this state and where the industry was beforehand and as it comes back. And there's just, like I said, there were so many moving parts going on before, and there's no more COVID testing. All those, I know a lot of people getting paid testing people. All oh, that yeah. stuff's gone, right? May come back, but there, again, so like I said, it's just, it's just been weird. Having said that, casting Taylor made Heather, and her folks are putting together Stranger Things. And this week, um, there's a need for, Females wearing prosthetics. Basically, they're going to you know, put all kinds of makeup on you. You've got to be comfortable wearing 
heavy prosthetics. You make you look like you're in some kind of, I won't say horror movie, but yeah. you, when you think of horror movies, when you think of people wearing lots of prosthetics, right? right? True. So this is, though, it's, it's Stranger Things. And I'm going to tell you what, get yourself a cup of coffee, sit down and read, <laughs> read this entire breakdown because there was a lot of stuff. And when it comes to shows this size, I don't like to cut corners as far as the information because what I have come to find is that if I were to cut something out, there's particulars that it's not so much the casting director, but then the producers or the director or whoever's looking at this stuff, the last set of eyeballs on it, they wanted this little piece of information. Or they wanted this particular type of picture taken. So I just want you to read through everything. It's the first one. You'll see it's Stranger Things, casting tailor-made. Um, and if this week's need doesn't fit you, check back next week. I tell you, it, it, I got a list of casting directors. When you get to the bottom of this entire breakdown of, of, of Get Cast with Greg, once you go past the jobs and then you go past how I walk you through finding stuff behind the camera and then the uh, voiceover connections. Then the, the Department of Labor, where you fill out the form for those of you who have kids who want to get into this. Minors have to have a certificate. Once you get past all of that, I have a list of the casting directors, the extras casting directors. And there may be a few more, but these are the main ones, and you can go to their social media pages and find out Monday through Friday. You don't have to wait till us to come here on the weekends. Go through Monday through Friday and see what they're posting, what their needs are, Then you could submit. And if you don't know how to submit, right underneath where the casting directors are, boom. I got a generic version of how to submit yourself. So got you, got you covered from top to bottom. But I wanted to mention the Stranger, Stranger Things. That's one a lot of people are asking me about. Joyride is another movie that's being done over there. Tyler Perry, extras casting Atlanta. Patrick needs some folks for um, uh, to be police and security types. Guards, Hilton Casting is doing your favorite, Divorce Court. They need, they need audience members. Paid stu- You're doing a little face show, uh, Facebook thing, right? Tell them. You know, when, okay. they get, when you get back with them, get over there and get the divorce court. So, again, all of this is there for you. And Casting All Talent doing a holiday movie, believe it or not. They need everybody from nine years old to 100. So, oh, Greg.Clarkson, Odyssey.com, if you got any questions about any of this stuff. And, again, you can see the uh, list right now on X. I can get Cast with Greg on Twitter or on our, on our uh, Facebook page. Or, excuse me, our website, 929thegame.com slash casting call. Now, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929thegame, 929thegame.com. Let me tell you about what Sam and I are most proud of lately. And this is our new feature. Is proud a good word to use? Yes. Proud? Happy? Yes. Excited? Yes. Excited about what it could be. Because we're doing this for you guys. We, throughout our movements, we all have friends, Sam and I, and, and oh, my, my, my kid wants to get into what you're doing. Oh, my kid wants to be a reporter. And this all started a few weeks ago when uh, Terrell Thomas's daughter, Sayla, Followed him uh, to one of the Hawks games, and, and she got to interview some folks. He sent me a picture. I went, you know, we should do this, and we di- we're doing it. It's called They Got Next. We're looking for the next group of sports reporters, sports talk show hosts, whatever they want to do in this business, and we're giving you a chance to put together a minute and a half sports report, and we're going to give you an opportunity to come on here. Now, we talked to the parent beforehand. We talked to Terrell first. We talked to Bo Johnson first. We And yesterday it was Chris Parker, your partner for the high school scoreboard show. His daughter, Ellie, was our third contestant yesterday, and she just hit it out of the park. So let me give you the sounder first of, 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 of what we're doing, and then we're going to let you hear Ellie's. And those of you out there, like I said, you got a son or daughter? 
niece or nephew, you got friends with anybody 13 years and older. We don't want no high school kids. We want them, you know, like I said, middle school and under to participate in this. But here is what we're doing. It's time for They Got Next. Sam and Greg give area up-and-coming broadcasters 13 and under their shot at the bids. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. All right, so that's what we're doing. And we would love all of you to participate in this. If you want to reach out to Sam and I, Sam, uh, sam.crenshaw at odyssey.com. And you also don't mind if they hit you up on... At simcrenshaw23. And greg.clarkson, odyssey.com. I uh, want to hear from the parents, your contact information, the the child that you're going to have participate with us. We don't need to know what they're going to talk about, but we want to get in touch with you, and then we'll have a conversation and, and get, get you set. Now, if you did not hear our third contestant, from from yesterday, she was she was as good as the other two, and we're looking for more. This is Ellie Parker, the daughter of Sam's partner Chris Parker, the high school scoreboard show. But this is her from yesterday. This is Ellie Parker from ninety two nine The Game of Sports Report. This week, Georgia State's head football coach Sean Elliott resigned to take a job at South Carolina as an assistant coach. Chris Elliott has been Georgia State's coach since two thousand seventeen and has gone 41 and 44 in that time. The Panthers has gone to five bowl games in his seven seasons, including a potato bowl win during his youth. Um, I've been to many Georgia State games, and I'm excited to see what they can do with the new head coach. In my local news, the Pickens boys and girls basketball teams are playing for a region championship tonight in Lumpkin County. The girls play Wesleyan and the boys play Gilmer. It's been 24 years since both teams won in the region the same year. Also, my dance team gets to the point. It's between competitions right now, and our season has been pretty successful so far. Personally, at our most recent competition at Showstoppers Dance, I received first in my category and sixth overall for my solo. Our entire team is looking forward to our competition next weekend in Gwinnett. And that's my sports report. This is Ellie Parker for Sam and Greg on 92.9 The Game. Boom. There you go, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, again, that's what we would like from you. Um, those of you out there that would uh, like to, you know, present your, your son or daughter. And, uh, by the or, way. Or niece or nephew. Niece or nephew. Yeah. Friend down the street there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody. You know, you got a lot of coaches somebody that listen have, to the show. Grandbaby. What's my grandbaby on there? Might be some grand, maybe some grandparents. Maybe. Listening. Maybe. You know, they want to do that. We take, we take all that. As long as they're 13 years, that's the, that's the, that's the cutoff. Yeah, thirteen and under, um, and again, love when they tag it with like <laughs> their their own personal. And my volleyball team this week, you know, or my, and and Shayla's did her. My little brother Mellows, you know, and he's like six, right, right, right. You know, right. He scored two rebounds, got two rebounds, and put in this and that. So anyway, we would love for you guys to participate in that, and and that's the feature. And um, listen, we're gonna play it again tomorrow because we're gonna be on tomorrow morning, President's Day. Um, we will be with you from six until ten. I know that we have Terrell joining us. I know that we have Brandon Hutchinson from Atlanta Motor Speedway as we get ready for another race weekend joining us. And, you know, I don't know who else. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. The nice thing about our show and we do what we do, you know, days are done at 10 a.m. Yep. You got to like that. So I I ain't complaining one bit. There was something I was going to ask you if you knew knew about – the origins of, of something. Origins. I'm going to save it. Origins. Did you read Mark Twain? I mean, did you read um, Huckleberry Finn coming up? Did you have yeah, to read that book in school? It, that's been a minute. But, but, yeah. but you had to? It yeah. was published on this day. Ah. Yeah. 
The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, published on February 18th, uh, a long time ago. <laughs> it was like 18. It was the year Marty McFly went back to the West. Wow. Went, went back, yeah, 1885. And also, this is one. it's where it happened that's, that, that gave me reason to pause. The uh, America's First Opera was performed on this day. The very first. The very first opera in this country was performed on this day. Where do you think it took place? And the obvious location is not where it took place. I would have said New York. Somewhere like Kansas City or something. No. Are you ready? Yeah. Charleston, South Carolina. Really? Charleston, according to the, the information I have here, Charleston, South Carolina was the location of America's first opera performance. Man. Flora. Flor- yeah. F-L-O-R-A. Is that how you pronounce it? Flora? Yeah. Okay. Well, that was the, that was the opera. There you go. In Charleston. And Jack, see, the same way, hitting you the same Who way. Who knew? And by the way, good morning, Vinings. You beautiful people. I forgot to say that at 8 o'clock. Well, you about to say another I got one. another one for 9, but I forgot to say that at 8. So before the top of the hour went over, I wanted to get that in. You beautiful people in Vinings. We got another one for you coming up at 10 o'clock, <laughs> at 9 o'clock hour. Up next, wow. we have not had a chance to talk any football, not much of it. Falcons and Noel. By the way, you if you missed her dissertation on Kyle Shanahan ooh, earlier, ooh. go to our website and you'll hear it there. Wow. And our own Steve Holman will be joining us, Hawks announcer. So that's yes. all coming up. Nine o'clock hour, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 the game, 929thegame.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.